Anyway, as promised, let's head to the Back in Action hotline now and talk to our man, Clay Jack. What up, brother? What's up, man? Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you just fine. Loud and clear, my friend. Awesome, awesome. Um, so I'll, I'll answer the hot topic of the day. I guess I need uh, – is it baseball only? Or is it any no. Athlete, uh, any athlete just not named Michael Jordan because <laughs> we pretty much know most people, self-included, would say MJ – uh, 10 out of 10 times. So I just wanted to take him out of the equation and see who everybody would come up with. Well, I have two. I think uh, LeBron, um, it's obvious. He's, uh, while he's, you know, obviously makes a max contract, he's <laughs> arguably criminally underpaid uh, via the salary cap. So, um, you know, uh, he would be worth the Bobby Bonilla uh, lifetime contract, and then Patrick Mahomes would be my second, who's already making um, like whatever half a billion dollars or whatever he signed for. But uh, he's kind of in that same category. Okay, I'll give you the I'll give you the Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the other one is a cuss word on our show. Uh, your dad would be very <laughs> mad at you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, he and I shared the same sentiments when it came to LBJ. Uh, without a doubt, we're we're not fans, uh, but. But I, I would not, I would not disagree that, of course, he is. He definitely would deserve uh, that type of payday. But, uh, but anyway, I guess first things first, brother man. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, hanging in there. Um, back to work. Just uh, back to the daily grind. Well, you know, you and I talked about this as well as Caitlin. We, you know, we we said we wanted to set this up to where you guys could come on and. And, and do something that is easy to do in some respects and hard to do in others, but uh, to be able to talk to the listening and viewing fam about your pops, who, of course, they've listened to and, and watched for years now with me. And, um, you know, uh, we thought it could be fun, have some fun with this, um, and, and continue to celebrate him as, as we've already been doing all week long and continue to do so uh, throughout but uh, definitely wanted to get you on the show to be able to talk about your pops. Yeah, and uh, JC, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, one of the first things I said to you after uh, everything happened a few weeks back was I would, you know, I wanted to uh, make sure that you knew that I wanted to come on um, the radio show at some point just because, um, you know, that was such a big part of uh, my dad's life. Um, he loved uh, sports radio and loved doing the show with you specifically. Um, so I thought I kind of, uh, you know, uh, I thought we, uh, my family, Caitlin and I, and you, we owe it to uh, the audience to come on and uh, talk about our pops and just uh, let everyone know out there that, uh, you know, um, we appreciate all the kind words and all the uh, condolences and that, you know, um, we appreciate uh everyone's support of my father for uh, the last several years. And um, he, he loved uh, having a platform to talk about, um, you know, sports and everything else that, you know, we all discussed that's outside the world of sports. So um, it was a really, really important thing to him. No, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he, he, he certainly had an opinion or two, you know, uh, as I think you might know. And so what better way than, than what we've done over these years? Um, you know, and, and he did. He, he, was, he was so passionate about Arkansas State and uh, clearly passionate about, 
you know, the Dallas Cowboys and the St. Louis Cardinals, which I held against him every day and still will, um, as I, as I will you, uh, as well, I'm going to hold it against you. Um, but, uh, but no, man, um, you know, I thought, I thought Clay, I I thought that you and Caitlin, uh, I loved what you did, uh, at the service because everything that you said, uh, while I was sobbing like a baby, and I've sobbed a lot over the last almost few weeks, uh, but I just kept nodding my head every time you guys would say something about, uh, you know, why you do what you do and everything that you have taken and learned from your dad. And, and uh, you know, one of the best comments that anybody made, yourself included, and I've always said this about him, and Kathy, when I talked to her about him, um, he was one of the most resourceful people I have ever met in my life. Uh, you know, it, he le- he legitimately, it was a real life MacGyver. You know, it was like, hey, dude, I, I got a pack of gum. I got some duct tape and I got some bailing wire. But I tell you what, we somehow we've got to cook some hot dogs. He'd be like, hang on a minute. Watch yeah. this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, no, I think, he, uh, and, you know, I think Caitlin and I both have, sort of pick that up in our own lives and uh yeah there's so many i mean i off the top of my head that you know, just the resourcefulness sort of uh idea that my, my dad was so resourceful one uh you know i remember uh, growing up he uh you, you know my grandma had a membership at a duck club and okay hunting club and wiener and so we would go down there to duck on whatever but he would he, he was dry you know I, this is probably the in the early 2000s and he still had like a 1985 three-wheeler which i don't think they make three-wheelers anymore <laughs> no because of safety start, reasons <laughs> yeah no exactly because they're super dangerous but um so you know every it would always be like trying to get the the, the three-wheeler started was always uh, a to-do but i i never forget like you know him just opening it up and uh, i think one time the battery wasn't connected well to the uh, three-wheeler you know the uh, the cord wasn't connected well uh so he just took a tab off of like a coke can and put it under the connection to make it tighter and then bam it started and i was like <laughs> look at that and so like i've used that several times in my life when a car hasn't started and anytime that a you know a cord's loose like that that's a great uh, <laughs> great little fix he and i actually kind of had an inside joke with each other um we we would always we would always say that he was held together with uh, duct tape and bailing wire, <laughs> and, and so it, it still makes me laugh to this day because uh, you know he'd come in and he'd be like ah you know I hurt my big toe and he's like man my my hip is killing me man I tell you what the other day I was walking out of my apartment and I fell down and I was like bro I was like. At some point in time, you got to hold that thing together over there. And then that's kind of where it came in. You know, I was like, man, you're held together with duct tape and bailing wire. And and we've just kind of continued that on over the years because, you know, it it was, there's some truth to that. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Well, nothing duct tape can't fix. Okay, Clay, this is where we have some fun. I want you to give me maybe arguably the funniest story that you can tell on air without me getting fined uh, about your pops. Man, that's, you know, there's so many to choose from. Um, I I would say that, you know, just the, I think that it's conceptually funny because, you know, when we were in it, when this story happened, it was, it wasn't necessarily funny to us 
at the time because it was just our dad. But in hindsight, it's hilarious. And it's something that we, Caitlin and I both kind of alluded to at the service, and it's him teaching us how to gamble. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're probably, uh, I mean, I'm probably eight, Caitlin's 10, she's two years older than me. And we're, you know, it would be after dinner on like a Friday night or Saturday night. And my dad would just get a, you know, a wild hair and be like, you know what, I'm going to, we're going to start a poker game or a blackjack game or whatever. And, um, so he would set it up, you know, and there would always be, you know, these plastic chips or whatever, but he would always have some sort of, uh, you know, incentive of like, here's the, you know, the prize, so to speak, if be it, you know, 20 bucks or, um, uh, you know, a milkshake or, you know, whatever, or uh, no chores for the month or something. But it was all, you know, there was always steak. And, but I, you know, from the early age, he would sit there and just run a, run a little casino with his kids. <laughs> and we would get so, you know, we were so serious about it. Like it was just uh, like, it was like we were playing, you know, uh, uno or something but we were you know we were playing seven card stud and chicago in the whole all these like uh, like casino games and then blackjack all you know and we would play for hours and so you know i always you know i know people who have family nights of monopoly or family nights of risk or settlers of Catan, whatever and that was just not really uh, a thing in the jackson household it was always po- uh, texas hold'em uh mostly texas hold'em or blackjack and I learned, you know, not only learned how to play those games, but also just learned, um, you know, uh, that it's it's really fun to, even if the stakes are, having a little bit of stakes makes it a lot more fun. And um, just, you know, the sort of strategy and the smack talk that goes into uh, those games is so fun. And so uh, I think Caitlin and I both have just, internalized uh those those games specifically and you know he would always uh you know sort of make us memorize uh the poker hierarchy of like what beats what um and you know um so i I, i've i've carried that with me to the day till today but you know it's it's funny in hindsight to think of uh two uh 10 a 10 year old and an eight year old spending you know, a Saturday night <laughs> playing a poker game, but that's what we did. <laughs> well, and 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 that is that is prime Uncle Walls. We're joined by Clay Jackson, son of Uncle Walls, here on the Back in Action Hotline. Clay, you know what I found to be interesting was the the things, the lessons that that you and Caitlin have taken from your pops. That um, you know, I, I've told people a million times. Yeah, where where we always funny and goofy on this show and, you know, say and do outlandish things. Sure. But, you know, back to his resourcefulness, that dude, that dude was a walking encyclopedia for me. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're talking about uh, what it takes to plant and grow green beans or whether you're talking about the prime altitude to fly a plane or it, I mean, it was always something. And I would say something and I'm like, man, I got to Google this. He's like, no, this is what it is. And I'm like, what? And, and I'd, I'd pull it up and, you know, we would do, you know, we do five random facts every day on this show and I, I would question him and I would say easily eight out of 10 times on things, he would get the answer right. And I'm like looking around, like, where did you get that from? He was just a wealth of knowledge. And I, I will say this with, with the way you and Caitlin are and obviously law school for both of you and you, you hey, she, she might be two years older than you, but you're ahead of her now. 
<laughs> but uh, but oh, uh, but I make sure she knows that every time we, we talk. <laughs> I guarantee it. But but you know that res- uh, resourcefulness and that uh, endless wealth of knowledge, uh, I can tell uh, clearly has been passed on to you guys. Yeah, and you know you mentioned that uh, you'd have to Google things uh, when he would say, and it, I, I just you know to me he was. He was Google before Google was a thing. And There's like, no I, doubt. I remember growing up, and like you said, he he was he is uh, you know he was a, an encyclopedia of just the most random facts. And I, I think Caitlin and I both have a proclivity of just being like we just know the the randomest things from all sorts of uh, areas of pop culture and. Um, you know, that was, my dad was just a trivia, uh, you know, a trivial pursuit was the, you know, uh, back in the day, him and my mom would play that with her friends. He would just beat everyone. Like he was, you know, he was one of these people who would, um, like when it came, you know, of like for his era, like he knew, like he just had such a understanding of the icons of pop culture, be it music or movies or sports. And, you know, for me, I, I'm, uh, I share that now. Like I, you know, not only do I, from my dad, I understand the, you know, the icons of his era, but now I understand um, that it's important to appreciate um, the icons of my era. Um, and, uh, you know, pop culture is something that binds us uh, as a, you know, as a community, as Americans, as uh, Arkansans, as people who live in Jonesboro, whatever it may be, there's, you know, uh, pop culture is something that can link, um, can, can build bridges. And I think that that was, you know, that might have not been an expressed purpose of my dad's uh, love for random facts. But I think that's where it comes from. Because, like, you know, I think you made the point at the service that any part, you know, uh, if my dad was in a conversation with somebody, that person felt like they were sort of the center of the world at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, his, his ability to just relate to somebody um, via those references and random facts was, you know, really remarkable. But I, 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 you know, I remember like being in the car with him on a summer, you know, evening and we would listen to, uh, I guess, KMOX out of St. Louis. Yep. I know the, um, the, the good team in the central division historically. Oh, here um, we go. Uh, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I this was going so well, Clay. Together. This was going so well. I know, I know. I got, I got to throw a, a Cubs, some, some Cubs slander in there. But he would always, you know, just let like as a as a young kid, I, I, I knew who, um, you know, I knew faintly who like Jack Buck was, but you know Harry Carey, um, like the big sports casters and stuff. He, but he would make sure that I understood who Mike Shannon was. Like Mike Shannon played third base and was this, you know, and that Mike Shannon was known. Like it was an open secret that he would be in the ninth inning, just like kind of slurring his words because he's 10 Budweiser's deep. And, um, you know, like those stories, it was, it was just so fascinating to me to get like this inside access to this guy who is, you know, my channel was like the voice of my childhood. Um, and you know, him calling an Albert Pujols at bat when he was just like eh, kind of slurring his words, <laughs> and it's, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's priceless to me because I knew I, I would have not understood really picked up on that without my dad. And I think it's similar in like music, you know, I, oh, was, yeah. I to this day, I'm a huge fan of basically the music that my dad liked classic rock and, um, uh, you know, Motown and 
you know, the, the great pop of the 70s and 80s, 60s, 70s and 80s. But, uh, but he would always sort of uh, editorialize when we were uh, listening to those songs and be like, hey, did you know that, you know, like a Kansas song, he'd be like, did you know they're playing an electric violin or Marshall Tucker song? Hey, that's a flute or Jethro Tull, a flute. Like, you know, making sure that I understood like, hey, these, this is a rock band that's using an electric violin or a rock band like Jeff, Jethro Tull that's just like, you know, as big as, as big as a, you know, uh, a rock band gets as far as just like guitar and, um, you know, um, drums and um, sort of in your face rock music, but there's, they're playing a flute in between the refrains. And I'm just like, man, that's so cool. And so to this day, like I have such an appreciation for, um, that era of music because the music was so layered and there's so much to pick, you know, so much to deconstruct in um, a Queen song or a Rolling Stone song or a Zeppelin song or an Almond Brothers, you know, 13 minute jam band song or Meatloaf Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Like he would just tell me like what you know what's the what the story's about, like what these lyrics are about, or um, the day. Uh, you know, the day that the music died or whatever, I guess that's a uh, Don McLean, American mm-hmm. pie. He would, you know, he'd always say that's about Buddy Holly dying. I would have not known that. I didn't know who Buddy Holly was. And then he would tell me who Buddy Holly was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, he made sure that Caitlin and I knew, um, you know, why Johnny Cash was an icon, why Elvis was an icon, why, you know, uh, that Memphis was the epicenter of, you know, the best music ever made at a, at, at, in its time. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think we're all, Caitlin and I are both thankful for that, that knowledge that's been passed on. No. And, and I'll tell you, you know, as you guys were saying those things, uh, I could relate so well because, you know, when you spend like myself over 10 years, uh, and spend at least five days a week with someone, it, it was the same for he and I. Like, we would we would kick back. I mean, I would tell people, we would go to New Orleans, and people would be like, man, that's such a long trip. He and I would literally talk about things like that the entire time. Like, that was just our road trips where he and I just spitballing back and forth, talking music, one of our favorite things always if we were on a road trip and we were coming back on a Sunday, so if we were at Tuscaloosa for Arkansas State, Alabama, we would always come back the following day. So we would make the road trip back on Sundays. Uh, For most of these Saturday games on the road, we would always drive back on Sunday. Well, on Sunday on my SiriusXM, you would have Casey Kasem, and they replay the old uh, Top 100 shows, And they would be like, you know, it'd be like, oh, from this week in 1976. And he and I would just reminisce. And, of course, that's the year I was born. And we would just, that was us, you know. And so to hear you guys talk about it, I mean, it it was so relative to me because that was us every single day. I've often told people that, yeah, you get the two hours a day that we do a show but the commercial breaks and the stuff that he and I talk about outside the show and on road trips is was to be quite frank, it was our best stuff. Yeah, no, I can imagine so. And uh, you know, that was the, every road trip we ever had as a child was, you know, just endlessly entertaining and endlessly just 
you know, you're always going to learn something and learn something about um, his era and why that, you know, um, you know, like I, you know, he would always say that he was the first to have uh, Michael Jackson's big album. I guess it was beat it. I don't know what it was called, but you know, whenever it came, he was the first one to have it. And, you know, uh, those kind of things, just like putting you, you know, make, making sure that we understood uh, there was a time when, you know, Michael Jackson was, you know, um, the Beatles and Beyonce and uh, Justin Bieber, and, you know, every, like everything, all the biggest stars that uh, of, of, of all time, it was, you know, he was bigger than that. He was as big as you could get. Um, and the phenomenon of sort of uh, music was really the thing that, you know, was uh, the thing that he would always uh, tell you know, basically make sure that we understood history, but through the lens of music, like, like you said, Casey Kasem, I remember listening to Casey Kasem with him too. And he'd always be like, you know, he would tell us Casey Kasem has been doing that for how many every year, 40 years now or whatever it was. And, um, you know, just saying like, making sure we understood, like not only is the music he's talking about is that music, like that music's legendary, but the guy talking's legendary. And I, you know, uh, one of the things that I've, I've, gain an appreciation for through my dad is like you know we were kind of talking about sportscasters like jack buck mike shannon harry carey and uh but you know that's another thing he would always sort of make sure that i understood the legends of sportscasting be it brett musburger or uh, madden or um you know gus johnson he loved gus johnson he you know he loved uh you know even um uh, joe buck um you know he would he would always talk about how you know, just making sure that I, to point out, um, like, hey, man, this is as good as it gets in, in as far as uh, sports casting and the fact that, you know, Joe Buck will do a World Series and then fly across the country to do, uh, you know, um, a game on Fox, uh, an NFL game, like the Niners and Cowboys or whatever. Um, so, I, you know, that's something I, to this day, I have like a very specific list of uh, my favorite sports casters. And it's, you know, hugely influenced by my dad. Um, and that's something that, you know, if I have an option to watch a couple of different games and, you know, a lot of times it comes down to who's calling it for me because it's just, you know, I have such an appreciation for it. Yeah, no, there's, there's no doubt. And, and, you know, you mentioned Gus Johnson and a bit of irony there. So, um, I was in Manhattan, Kansas for Arkansas state, Kansas state. Well, you know, unfortunately due to COVID walls didn't get to make any road trips last year for safety reasons. We obviously wanted to make sure to, to do our part to keep him safe. And so, of course, I get I get up in the uh, press box and where uh, K-State Athletics have me placed, to right to my left is Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson. And and I'm looking. Wow. And uh, I, I, I text Walls and I, I'm like, hey, Walls, guess, guess who's right next to me? Because, as you said, he's a big fan of Gus Johnson. And, I, and so the, in – even funnier than that, so I'm talking with Jerry Scott and, of course, head SID at Arkansas State, and uh, we're talking about, you know, of course, this was before the game, before anybody really knew. He was telling me we were going over the list of about the 15 players that didn't make the trip due to COVID. And so Jerry and I are reviewing it and going over it, and uh, Gus Johnson comes out, Joel Klatt comes out, and they come to me and Jerry, and we're we're talking about this. And uh, Jerry's asking me like questions about 
you know, some of the guys and I'm having to correspond and communicate with Joel and uh, with Gus and we go over it all. Well, we're in the, in the middle of the game and I hear this knocking on this window and I look to my left and it's Joel Klatt knocking on the window and he's putting up a roster and he's asking me a question and I'm giving him like the, the throat slash like, no, they're not here. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm telling your dad about this on, on after the game, of course, after Arkansas State wins. And he's like, you're kidding. You're kidding. I missed it. I missed out, you know, and because he did. You're exactly right. He had such a heavy respect uh, for Gus Johnson. And I was telling him, yeah, this is this is what was going on during the game. And uh, like I had to uh, I had to get a message to Gus during the broadcast because they were referencing the wrong hometown for Jonathan Adams. And so, of course, Jay had a huge game that day against K-State on national TV, and they kept saying the wrong hometown oh, yeah. for him. And so I – You I, can't I, get that wrong when it's Jonesboro. <laughs> yeah, and so – I right, exactly. So I communicate to Gus, hey, that's not where he's from. This is where he's from. He's a hometown kid. And, uh, and he corrected it, of course, on the air. But um, your dad just thought that was the greatest thing ever uh, because it was Gus and, and me having this constant communication during the broadcast with him and Joel Klatt uh, just during the game. But, uh, it, of course, and it, it turns out to be a memorable day and a, and a big win for Arkansas State. And uh, your dad was so proud that day, of course. Of course, he hated that he wasn't there. But he was just so proud of the win for Arkansas State. And then, of course, uh, just getting to hear the stories about the interaction with Gus Johnson, he was, he was, he was extremely, uh, extremely happy and proud about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember talking to uh, him that day because uh, I was obviously watched every second of it. And, uh, you know, uh, for me, it was all awesome to, uh, you know, watch that on Fox with Gus calling it. And, um, you know, I think – Arkansas State fans like my dad, uh, me and my dad, we, uh, we we we're a bit, I don't know, we just kind of cynical. We're just like, oh well, you know, uh, we're gonna, you know, it's like I, I never got my hopes up. Is what I'm trying to say. It's like I, you know, it looked good, it looked good. We were in it, and I, you know, I thought we had a chance to, to win it, but you know, I was like, what's gonna happen that, you know, at the last second we narrowly lose a game against a Big 12 team? But um, that was a, an awesome day for uh a state and um you know to see it on uh national tv with a uh, legend like gus calling it it was uh you know i'll never forget that day well we got a couple minutes before the top of the hour break uh, i want uh the last thing from you uh clay give me if you can in about two minutes give me your best memory of your dad Man, that's another uh, tough one. I, I would say my best memory is uh, so when I was um, probably 13, uh, my mom took me to a Cowboys game. It was the opening day or the opening game of the year against the Giants. And we were at a hotel. So we went to the game. We we're at a hotel. I'm wearing like a Texas A&M sweater, but I wasn't really a fan or anything. I just happened to be wearing it. The guy next to us was a alumni and a season ticket holder for the Cowboys. And he's like, hey, I see it's your birthday. My mom had a little candle on a waffle for me. And he was like, here are two tickets to the Thanksgiving game later that year. And so I went, uh, you know, we went back home and then uh, my dad ended up going with me and taking me to the Thanksgiving game. Um, uh, I think we played the Jets, but it was just such a memorable 
day because, you know, uh, when you think Thanksgiving football, you think, I think Cowboys, I think most people do. And so uh, to be able to spend a Thanksgiving day in Dallas at a Cowboys game with my dad, that's, you know, that's hard to beat. Well, there ain't no doubt. There ain't no doubt. He's one of a kind brother and, and uh, there's a lot of, of him in you and Caitlin. There ain't no doubt. Uh, anybody that knows you would, would, uh, would affirm that. Uh, but, man, we got to do this more from time to time. Uh, I know you're a, a busy man there, Mr. Uh, attorney. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's been fun, and let's, let's continue to do it. And we can celebrate your dad and talk sports and – I'll just continue to give you a hard time about them Cardinals and them Cowboys. And, you know, I mean, it's only right. I mean, they've only been doing it to your whole life. So uh, I might as well just keep doing it too. But, uh, but anyway, brother, it's, it's, uh, it's been great having you. Let's do it again. I appreciate it, JC. Happy to come on anytime, man. All right, brother. You take care, and I'll, I'll wrap with you soon. All right, man. See you, buddy. That's uh, Clay Jackson. Son of Wallace Jackson Jr. And uh, as you can tell, our man Zach chiming in, he's like, that's a more polished Uncle Walls right there. And uh, I'm telling you, if you you know Clay and Caitlin, uh, there's a lot of Uncle Walls in both of them. So uh, I appreciate him coming on. We're going to hit the top of the hour break now. RWRC Radio, listed and sold by Dustin White Realty, live from the Unico Bank Studios on this 1812 Pizza Company, Throwback Thursday, right here on 96.9 The Ticket.